Hey guys, quickly before the podcast starts, it's Chad and Aaron here. We are back. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's been like two years. Uh, guys, before we start the episode that I know you're super excited to dig into and enjoy, we have a favor to ask. Uh, of course, we always have the normal Explosive Magico feed with all the wonderful shows and the network on it. We do have a favor. We've made a new feed for the Paranoia Shop show itself. We used to have an old one. If you follow that one, it's dead. It's gone. We, we drowned it in a river. So what we want you to do is we want you to go on iTunes, look up our show and the Explosive Magico shows, and leave a review on both. Yes, We're gonna- a nice review. I, mean, you could, I guess somewhat nice, like, I don't know, four stars at least, please. Yeah. And that way, uh, we can try to get our podcasts up on the new and trending Who's He What's It's on iTunes, and it'll be great, guys. It'll we've, be great. We've seen a lot of podcasts get featured that way, and you know what? We just want some of that that not... Well, I was going to say cheddar. We don't make any money. We just want some of that <laughs> iTunes uh, digital cheddar. So yeah, look up Paranoia Shop and the Explosive Magico feed. Leave some nice reviews on both, and it'll be great. And we're going to make more episodes, more than just this one, in much quicker times. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Love you. They secretly meet for 17 days each July in a remote sacred grove of ancient redwood trees in the deep forests surrounding San Francisco. Some 1,500 in number, their membership role is kept secret, but includes the super-rich, blood dynasties and royal families, heavy-hitting corporate chieftains and high government officials. U.S. presidents, congressmen, Supreme Court justices, mingling among them are a number of Hollywood movie stars, Broadway producers, famous entertainers, musicians, authors, painters and poets, and industrialists. These men who control the world, the most powerful gathering of individuals ever assembled, gather in darkness, strip their clothes from their bodies, and dance nude in a forest clearing before a great 50-foot owl totem carved from the earth itself. Before it, they chant their infernal calls and set ablaze a dark offering, a human sacrifice to the great avian effigy, flames licking higher into the night sky, the great owl's eyes burning coal red as it springs to life, belching its own commands to those who command all else. The owl speaks, and our dark masters listen to its horrible, cackling, mesmerizing call. Yo, you guys, you guys need some, you need some aloe. You got some real bad, real bad forest rashes. You guys, real, <laughs> real chap. You seen some real chap legs down there. That's what the owl says. He's saying, yo, you guys, you guys got some real chap. Got to put on some lipstick. Walking down naked in the forest. What's gonna happen? Put some fucking aloe on. <laughs> okay. I missed that. I forgot about your... I forgot about your narration. It's been a while, Aaron. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've... There's hey, kids everybody. who don't know that song. There's been... There's kids who don't know that at one point, uh, the guy from Stained and Fred Durst or whatever sung a concert thing, and it became a big deal. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the 14th episode of Paranoia Shop. Yeah, long time coming. Your one-stop shop for all things conspiratorial... 
uh, monster something and generally weird. It's been so long I've forgotten our intro. <laughs> I think we things have happened. I hope you haven't moved on to other shops. Nah, I hope, they I hope, wouldn't. I hope you kept your membership cards. Uh, things have happened. Uh, Aaron, uh, I don't know if you know about this. I adopted the Dark Lord Shugath as my uh, lord and savior. Uh, as as you should. Yeah, as I should. Uh, it's a big new thing for me. I'm getting excited. I'm Although, growing. technically speaking, a Shugath is uh, is more of a slave race. No, to the, the he told old, me he was a demon. The elder things. No, he said he was a demon and I should worship him. Well, I mean, I guess I never checked, but... Oh, fuck. Well, that's dumb. Oh, I miss, I miss. <laughs> Before you pledge allegiance to a deity, you should always make you know check their credentials, do a little curriculum vitae background check. Okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, this episode, if you couldn't tell from that uh, opening uh, monologue, is in fact about the most secret of secret societies. I don't know if that's a title or not, but the the most secretest the most secretest of society is dust. <laughs> secretest of societies est. Yeah, that's that'll, be the, that'll, that'll be the title. There it is. Wait, so this this is how we know about secret societies is we've gotten employed and we're in the entertainment machine. We're into the brainwashing media machine that is controlling your every move. Yeah, we went to a secret meeting and uh, we sacrificed some things about ourselves that were personal. Uh, I gave up all of my Sonic comics. It was a big deal. Yeah. Aaron had to swear to never uh, play the theremin ever again. I also had to sign my name in the Book of Blood at the Crossroads. Yeah, sacrifice was made, and now we're set, and we're in these secret societies, so we're here to talk to you about them. It's actually pretty pretty exciting. It's pretty, let me tell you, it's pretty sweet being at the top. <laughs> one day, one day uh, this week, I was just walking across the street, and I saw a guy who had our secret insignia of our secret society, but it was a yeah. lower insignia. We did, like, uh, we did, like, three secret handshakes. No, no, but this was a person who was, like, who was like two steps down. Oh, yeah, we did. And I said, lick the boot. Lick the boot. And he said, oh, please let me lick the boot. And he did it, and I could tell he didn't like it. Yeah, I know. And then a, and then the old woman saw us doing it, and since I couldn't have her uh, tell other people, I had her killed. Yeah, which is a thing you could do in secret yeah, societies. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I could, kill, uh, I could kill Emma Stone right now. I could just say the words. Yeah, she's Emma only Stone. a level five. Yeah, I could get, I, you would think she would be higher, but uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 didn't do so great, so she's actually got knocked down a couple levels. Knocked down two pegs. I could have her head on our table by night. Eat it, Emma Stone. <laughs> Anyhow, this, this episode is about secret societies. Uh, it's a tale as old as time, really. It's, it's what separates us from the other. It's it, what separates us from the worms, i.e. you who are not in our secret societies. Yes. The gist of it is that people have an inherent distrust of clubs they're not a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like that old Groucho Marx joke. Uh, I would never join any club that would have me as a member, except apply that to all of human civilization. You know what I just realized? Paranoia Shop listeners, kind of a secret society because no one knows about Paranoia Shop. So like, And yet, we get tweets every day that are from cryptic strangers mm, on the internet. Dark visions dance in our heads when we slumber. But technically, a secret society. So you should never tell anyone about Paranoia Shop. Or if you do, tell them in code. Yeah, say uh, the howling eye stares knocks. D- knocks and also stares down at you. Hashtag Howling Eye. Hashtag 420 plays it. And then tell, tell them that. And send it to anyone, and that's your sign of acknowledging that someone else is a listener of Paranoia Shop. Okay. 
Before we get into secret societies, let's answer a piece of fan mail and open up the Paranoia Shop fan mail bag. Bats fly out. Oh, a demon, a demon <laughs> scrolls out. Oh, God, we shouldn't have done that. Pandora's box opened again. Matthew McGill has a personal story that he sent into our email at, and you can do the same, at paranoiashop, that's S-H-O-P-P-E, at gmail.com. Matthew McGill writes... I want to do it. Go for it. (laughs) Hey guys, love the show. All the talk in the most recent podcast about black-eyed children and poltergeists got me thinking of an incident seven years ago. This happened when I was 18. My parents were asleep and I was on the computer. The computer room was next to my parents' room. At the time, my brother was four and was in the living room, lounging on his little sofa and watching TV. Oh, his little sofa. A teeny weeny one. A teeny one. sofa. While I was browsing the web on the computer, I had the sudden feeling I was being watched. Looking at the doorway, I saw what I assumed was my little brother, staring at me. Uh-oh. His mouth opened slightly, almost in awe. As we made eye contact, he did this funny turn. He was doing a lot of little stepping as he turned. It's like a little shuffle. And he ran into my parents' bedroom. I jumped out of my chair saying, No, our parents are asleep. <laughs> the worst, the worst, this is, that should be the story right there. As I turned to my parents' room, the door was still closed. I hadn't heard an open or close either. I looked over to the living room, and my little brother was still on the couch watching TV. That's actually super terrifying. Uh oh. I thought back on what I saw and remembered how he looked. What, what was that ghost then? It was like a little truffle shuffle well, he's ghost? Just, yeah, a little truffle shuffle ghost. He was pale, wearing a white shirt with little checkered lines on it, which were a light gray color. It was Beetlejuice! No! his car- Yeah, it's, it's summer fun Beetlejuice, because he has cargo shorts, which were also white. Oh my god, it's Beetlejuice Does Hawaii! No, yeah, the unseen no, sequel like when, of Beetlejuice no, that like happens in go- development. <laughs> it's then, that, That's a real movie! Or when Jersey Shore has, like, all-white parties, so it was like a ghost that was, like, dressed Who came from all all, white- an all-white party? Yeah, an all-white party. He had hair, but it appeared shaven. It was white peach fuzz, like someone's hair growing back after being shaved. His eyes were completely black. No pupil, no color, no whites, just black. So like a little ghost boy like ran into his parents' room and I assume like peed on him? Yeah, he peed on him or gave him nightmares or just asked for a hamburger. I don't know. That's actually pretty creepy, like the little little ghost thing just going. So that actually happened to Matthew McGill, <laughs> our listener friend. He's a he's a he's a shopper. He's a paranoia shopper. So uh, thank you very much for that story. Actually, genuinely creepy. Uh, you didn't say if you ever checked on your parents. I assume they're not dead. Yeah, uh, they may. You might want to go check on their. <laughs> if that was years ago, now. it'd be nice to know if like you know if they saw anything or like. Oh, I thought that was a dream. I thought that was a dream. I thought it was really uh, weird. I, Son, I stand by my me. guns. I think it was uh, Chibi Beetlejuice going Hawaiian, getting getting set. He's, to, he was going to Miami Beach. He's doing viral marketing for his upcoming movie. Um, yes. Sorry. All right. Let's get into our topic of secret societies. Secret society. My first topic is based on that intro that I described to you about all the celebrities and U.S. presidents and stuff. Oh, just yeah, yeah. What, what is in that? In the forest. Uh, that is something known as the Bohemian Grove. Oh, that's right. A.K.A. the Bohemian Club. So, the Bohemian Grove is a 2,700-acre campground located uh, at 20601 Bohemian Avenue. Wait, in, you know the address of it? Yes. In Monterio, <laughs> California, okay. belonging to a private San Francisco-based men's art club known as the Bohemian Club. In mid-July each year, Bohemian Grove hosts a two-week, three-weekend encampment of some of the most powerful men in the world. And again, this sounds like 
a cafe in New York. Like, it does. Like, oh, you go there. Oh, you got to stop by uh, the Hard Rock Cafe and uh, and the Rainbow Cafe. And then Bohemian Grove, they have the most charming people dressed up in rain skirts. Like, Yeah, it sounds like it would be just like a resort or something. But mm-hmm. then the more you read about it, the crazier it gets. Like... First of all, it has the creepiest club motto ever, called Weaving Spiders Come Not Here, which implies what? that outside concerns I'm sorry, what? and business deals are to be left outside. Weaving Spiders? Weaving Spiders Come Not Here. So they think other people are little spiders. That weave while they are the people that control everything. Yes, they control the strings, mm. the Seems other like weavers. It would be creepier they've been like, Little flies are not welcome in our web. But don't don't weave the, your tails. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, so the Bohemian Club's all-male membership and guest list includes artists, particularly musicians, but also prominent business leaders, government officials, including all U.S. presidents. <laughs> Wait, is it is it all? I'm sorry. There's never all, one all, that ever all opted Republican out? U.S. presidents. Really? Senior media executives and people of power. Wait, really? There's not, like, it doesn't allow... There are some Democratic Party members. Like Carter never but, got involved? But literally every single member of the Republican Party is considered a member of Bohemian Grove. Aren't there pictures of, like, Nixon and Reagan at the Bohemian Grove? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. There are, and it sounds fake until you actually start seeing these photos. These very prominent politicians, including people like William F. Buckley, both George Bushes, Dick Cheney, Calvin Coolidge, Walter Cronkite, oh, Cronkite. Bing Crosby, John... De- E. DuPont, Clint Eastwood, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Gerald Ford, Barry Goldwater, Merv Griffin, Charlton Heston, Herbert Hoover, Henry Kissinger, Jack London, John Muir, Colin Powell, Ronald Reagan, David Rockefeller. Jack London. Nelson Rockefeller. Yeah, the guy who wrote... Beloved man, Jack London. (laughs) Who wrote Call of the Wild. Oh, I was thinking it was Jack Lemmon. Oh, um, not Jack Lemmon. I was thinking of Jack Lemmon and Walter (laughs) Matthau. Like, no, Uh, the odd couple were just saying, oh, I'm like your bohemian bohemian club is... I don't don't Uh, know. There's not... Teddy Roosevelt, Carl Rove, Donald Rumsfeld, Mark Twain, Earl Warren. Keep that list in mind as I describe to you... There will be a quiz later. (laughs) ...that all of these people stripped naked mm-hmm. and had a mock human sacrifice in front of a 40-foot owl totem. Which is crazy. My question is, in the sacrifice, which is already, that's already batshit crazy. But my question is, the sacrifice, who is sacrificed? So, the ceremony is called the cremation of care and involves a high priest igniting a human effigy before the owl shrine in a bacchanal. The spirit of care, which is just a human effigy, uh, is cremated in front of a 40-foot ow- high owl as <laughs> so nude it's, people dance. It's the Wicker Man. As as nude U.S. presidents dance around you it think, and chant. Do you think, like, when Nixon danced, like, he was aware, like, he intentionally did, like, the meat spin thing where he was like, I want everyone to see. Haru. I, everyone look, everyone look at me. I, this I is want my, to look at my, this is my little, little dick. My little dick. My little dick spin. Go, little make dick. Di- go. Make <laughs> dick's making his little dick spin. Oh, everyone watch. Al, Al God, are you watching my dick spin? So, while they sacrifice... <laughs> well, I can't not picture him just like, arms oh, up in the air, just like, oh, I'm living, oh. it, I'm living it up in the Bohemian Grove. So, while this thing is happening and all these nude U.S. presidents are dancing <laughs> around, the voice voice of Walter Cronkite himself belts out of the giant owl statue. Is he always the owl? And starts giving them commands. Wait, how was he always the owl or like this one time it was depicted that he was... He is 
always the owl. Because I like to think that like they rotate it out, like based who is. Maybe they replaced it with John Legend or something. Like the same way my church youth group, we would do sketch like skits. We would do skits where like we like, someone plays Jesus and <laughs> someone plays the devil, and I always had to play the devil because I was a big fat guy and like the Jesus was always a handsome guy. Yeah, youth groups are weird, but like. People like were like that guy's gonna be a real good talking owl. Is I think how they would play it too. Like Cronkite, he's got a yeah. lockdown. And eventually, someone else came up and was like, ah, "I'm I'm Bing Crosby. Uh, Bing Crosby wouldn't be allowed. It'd be like, it'd be like, uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm uh, D- Dan Rather. I'm Dan Rather, and I'm replacing Cronkite as the talking <laughs> owl. Only newsmen. <laughs> Only newsmen usually have it. Uh, so you were wondering what Richard Nixon thought of Bohemian Grove. I, there, you know how Nixon recorded all of his conversations right. and all the tapes. Please tell me he has tapes released? about it. He has it on tape. Him talking about Bohemian Grove. Are we going to listen to it? We can listen to it right now. But the upper class in San Francisco is that way. Now, Bohemian Grove that I attend one time at a time. The Easterners and the others have come there, but it is the most faggot goddamn. San Francisco crowd goes in. In case you heard that, it, this is Richard Nixon talking. It is the it's not us most f-y thing he's ever attended. I won't shake hands with anybody. I won't shake San hands with anyone from San Francisco. So, so he goes, but he doesn't want to be part of it, or right? Is it? But Satan makes him go. Unfortunately, <laughs> the like, owl totem commands well, no, it's like him. Social. I, get, I understand social, you know, responsibilities and like. That sort of thing, like oh, I guess I gotta, I gotta go to this party. Like it's yeah. important for me to control the world. I gotta go worship an owl deity. Oh, that little, that little f-ing owl. <laughs> just like just. the idea of these secret societies is usually you think about them as in like everyone wants to be part of them, right? Like you, yeah. everyone wants to be like, God, I wish I was the highest level Freemason, and I wish uh, I could get inside and just know what everyone in the you know uh, the society says. I like to think that there are people. It's funny to think about like these high-powered players who have to just join reluctantly because then they'll just be left out of the game. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to join the Masons, but, oh, God, if I don't, I don't get to know where the aliens I guess are. I better. I- A lot of people have, re- have tried to confront, you know, major politicians about the Bohemian Grove, and th- what's fun is they don't outright deny it. A lot of them will acknowledge that it exists, uh, but can't talk about it, quote-unquote. I mean, yeah, so they, they have to, like, they probably are hoping you just think it's like Club David or Camp David or just like fun little like weekend retreat places. Like there's, yeah. there are probably in the the Hama Islands and all those tropical island resorts. I bet half of those are just like secret government power player bases of just like yeah. because who else is going to go there except the, except the tribal people who still survive? Yeah. My favorite reaction though by far is a politician who actually was invited and decided not to go and believe it or not that is mr he's dead. bill clinton yeah clinton wait he would be so fun there i know but listen click on this link uh, this, this is, is called bill clinton. bill clinton confronted about the bohemian club and it is one of the, my favorite things i'll tell you a couple of stories about fraud bohemian club says that guy the bohemian club i remember hearing this the, as you say the bohemian club yeah as men That's come for him. That's why rich Republicans go out and stand naked against redwood trees, right? Ah, <laughs> burn! 
I've never been to the Bohemian Club, but you ought to go. It'd be good for you. Get some fresh air. Snap! Oh my God, Clinton, I missed Triple you so burn. much. So we have to get too political, guys. Clinton was the best just for talking. <laughs> he was he was not a great person, but oh my God! Oh, he was so good at He's, just telling people to shut up and like eat a Big Mac. Oh, people was, say not my president, such my president. So good, so great. Played saxophone. <laughs> He's like, you should, is that where the Republicans go? Stand against Nick, naked in the redwood trees? Why does no one ever talk about how Bill Clinton was the first ska president? Why does no one ever talk about that idea? No, yeah, it's it's cool to see people just tell a secret society like, no, fuck yourself. I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. There's been a few really fun uh, instances of people really trying to in- infiltrate it. Yeah, because if it's if it's giant acres, you have to just be yeah. able to walk on. And they've actually people have snuck on the property when it's not happening and taken photos of the giant owl statue. I, I think they would think they would just burn it every time. Yeah, and then there's also the photo you were discussing here of Nixon and Reagan. Yeah, so Reagan. my question is, why was that picture ever released? Because it's pretty, I like, think it was used as, uh... Like, uh... uh, uh, uh insurance. Oh, it's insurance. Yeah, it would make sense, like, any secret society, by the way, you gotta have dirt on all of your members. You yeah. have to, like, we'll ruin your life if you tell us about, tell people about the secret society. So, among the people who have tried to sneak into Bohemian Grove, mm-hmm. uh, one guy you're going to hear a lot on this podcast is Alex Jones. Okay. He is, like, InfoWars guy. Oh, he okay. is the yeah. king of secret societies. He hates them and thinks everyone is in them. Because he's not part of them. That's I know. I, but like, well, here's the thing, though, right now, Aaron. Like, if you, if you were approached and said, hey, you can come to Bohemian Grove. Of course once, I would. Once you're in, you can never get out. We can't tell you what's in it, but once you find out, you would always go. It's always like the, yes. the bowl. Yeah, you want to find would. out. You want to open that mystery box. I'm, Jones went to the front gates of Bohemian Grove while the, the, this encampment was It's a dumb strategy, happening. I gotta say. Yeah, and he found protesters there that he filmed as they were doing an occult counter-ritual to the, that owl ceremony. Mm-hmm. Because the owl ceremony is called the cremation of care, and they were doing it, their own ceremony called the resurrection of care. Wait, so it was like a like it was like a, a rival a pagan cult. What is care a god? Care is the effigy that they burn. Okay, like, like they burn away all the. But it's cares. like C A R E care, like a yes, care bear. Like I, whether you care or not, like that kind of care. It's a strange. Phrase. Yeah, uh, and then my other, probably my favorite, favorite one is on January nineteenth, two thousand two, a thirty-seven-year-old named Richard McCalson uh, was arrested after his nighttime infiltration of Bo- Bohemian <laughs> Grove, where he set several fires. He was ar- heavily armed and wearing a skull mask Jesus. and an outfit with the Phantom Patriot written across the, the chest. The Phantom Patriot? So was he going to kill them? He was setting fires, had a skull mask, and he, he was going to do some Metal Gear Solid Patriot shit and kill him. He was going to kill all the most powerful people in the world. That's the uh, Bohemian Grove. <laughs> U.S. presidents and Mark Twain getting naked against oh. redwood trees look at my, look at my dick and worshiping a giant owl everyone watch me you insane <laughs> i cannot believe everyone is not talking about that all the time that's crazy i know i let's talk about the men in black real quick i Ooh. i had not thought we were going to talk about when I was, I was digging up secret societies i thought technically the men in black are a secret society the idea of the men in black, right? You're right. There's it's not, a secret organization. It's a secret organization. Because everyone always thinks like, oh, it's kind of like a secret government thing. But really, every popular idea of the men in black, uh, other than a few things like it's the highest level of government, is just that 
it's a separate organization, not just the movie. Like it exists parallel to everything else. There is a uh, generally accepted origin of the Men in Black. I found I thought was oh really in 1953, the 200 odd members of the International Flying Saucer Bureau were taken aback when they received the October issue of the organization's journal Space Review, the standard general name for magazine. Space, Space Review. Review. View. Review. Uh, this issue, Space, still there. <laughs> it's big. In it, IFSB founder Albert K. Bender announced that he had been given the solution to the, quote, mystery of the flying saucers, and that he'd like nothing better than to publish the information. However, he had been strongly advised against doing so by a higher source. He went on to urge those who plan to continue their research into UFO phenomenon to do so with extreme caution. He then folded the IFSB and shut down publication of Space Review. That is the final thing said in the magazine uh, Space Review. Coincidentally, the IFSB and Space Review had been losing money at an impressive rate up to this point. So that is the final words of a you know questionably failing magazine when questioned about the state of affairs bender would say only that he'd been visited in september by three quote members of the united states government wearing dark suits who fully briefed him on the subject of flying saucers and then proceeded to threaten him with prison time if he ever repeated a word of what he'd been told to anyone Wow. Bender spent the next 10 years carefully avoiding all questions on the matter. Over time, Bender's reticence on the subject, coupled with the exploitation of it by the IFSB's chief investigator, Gary Barker, in his sensationalistic 1956 book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which tells you exactly what the book is about, gradually gave rise to the notion that the three men in black had not been government agents at all, but rather were aliens themselves. Okay. So this is just like... A pretty chilling last thing. You could still say, even in the 50s, it was still speculative, but it it would be like as if National Geographic, their last issue was, we can't say anything else, but by the way, we found something in the woods. Here's my thought. Okay. We've kind of talked about this on our previous episode, but this could have happened, but Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't aliens. It might have been just like a secret government project. I think that's more likely. Uh, There's there's a little bit more to the story. Okay. Uh, Bender more or less confirmed these suspicions when finally, in 1962, he published a book detailing his experiences called Flying Saucers and the Three Men. By the way, all these book titles, amazing. (laughs) The book was, to put it mildly, totally implausible, involving, among other things, tales of Bender's being taken to the South Pole aboard an alien spacecraft and his subsequent surveillance by the extraterrestrials through 1960 when they returned to their home planet. So he just gets crazy. As untenable as the book was, however, it did have an enormous impact on the popular image of the Men in Black, or MIB, as they later came to know uh, through Will Smith. Here come the Men in Black. I missed, I missed, by the way, I missed a time in summer blockbusters where there was a, a matching so- hit summer song. In the book, Bender claims that the three men he encountered in 1953 had suddenly materialized in his bedroom, a feat U.S. government agents would surely have had difficulty in achieving, at least back in 53. I like that guy's... Uh, little humor there. Uh, so that basically took Men in Black into a supernatural air. So the way I look at it is there was a magazine that either was failing and a guy said, like, whatever, I'll just throw this little, like, tidbit out there to freak everyone else out. Mm-hmm. Or legitimately an organization or even a government organization just said, yeah, maybe don't be publishing, like, secret government stuff. <laughs> Close down the magazine because I believe we've agreed multiple times the most plausible, best explanation for Area 51 and all that stuff is government testing site. It's most plausible that there was some sort of organization, either secret government or secret society. If the least came by, they'll be like, "Hey, you can you can knock it off." Like we don't even like yeah, even, that's even, if, even, yeah, even if we don't know what's going on, stop it. And if that's what I like about the Men in Black is, at the time, the idea of Men in Black 
black suits, black Ray Bans. That's the sorry, that's the Will Smith version creeping in again. But like that would have that would have helped you pretty well hidden in the fifties. The idea of the men in black now, which they never address, is they had to have updated their attire by now, right? Like, yeah. If you were if you wore a men in black outfit and you're trying to walk across the street and like go and interrogate some guy because he saw an alien, everyone's going to notice three like the Matrix has ruined men in black for the men in black. It would have to be like the modern day outfit would be like what like like a black hoodie and white t shirt. And I'm sorry, I'm getting excited as I pitch a reboot of Men in Black right now in my head. Like, <laughs> Maybe it was just the Secret Service, and he assumed that they were aliens. Also, could just be Secret Service. Yeah, where's our funding coming from? That's the main issue with the Men in Black. Fake sales. Fake sales. Ooh, Girl, Scout, Girl Scout cookies are actually untraceable. <laughs> A really popular subject with secret societies is the concept of the NWO, and not the. At uh, first, second, I was I was confused. Not what is, is it? A wrestling organization? NW, NW, NWA is a rap group. NWA. NWO is, I believe, is New World Order. Yes, uh, the New the, World. All, Order. But also, the wrestling group was called NWO. NWO. Yeah. Okay. Because I see shirts that say NWO. And you always keep thinking they're like a government conspiracy theory. He's part of the Illuminati. Why is that guy part of the Illuminati and also wearing like a sleeveless ripped off t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where the confusion comes in. So anyway, I there's a lot of groups that would be considered part of the New World Order organizations. The biggest one that's a real organization that has had numerous conspiracy theories woven about it. Uh, is something called the Bilderberg Group. Okay, good. I'm glad we're talking about the Bilderberg <laughs> Yeah. It's also known as the Bilderberg Conference, or the Bilderberg Meetings, or the Bilderberg Club. The most fun thing to say, Bilderberg. Bilderberg. It's, it sounds like something Lego should You go to release. the mall and go to the Bilderberg store, and yeah. they make you a little tiny uh, government figurehead that you can stuff <laughs> and put in your own personalities. In this case, uh, it's about 120 to 150 political leaders and experts from industry, finance, academia, media, who meet secretly in a place somewhere in the world every year. The original conference was at the Hotel de Bilderberg in Oosterbeek, Netherlands, hence sure. the name. Where uh, all evil things happen is in like those few like Switzerland. In Oosterbeek. Like, yeah, like Sweden and the Netherlands where no one pays attention. Yeah. So historically, the attendee lists have been weighted towards bankers, politicians, and directors of large businesses. For instance, at the most recent Bilderberg group, uh, the CEO of Amazon will, was there. The, the head of Fuck Google, Amazon. <laughs> the head of Google, one of the co-founders of Facebook, top executives from Microsoft, as well as the president of the European so Union. rich people are just hanging out, but what is the, the premise? of why they're like what is the public I'm going just for a tech conference so actually they literally say we're getting together to figure out the fate of the world they don't say no they do John Amazon does not go goodbye everyone I'll be back in a week we're going to decide who lives and dies it's a conference of all of these uh, important people who are like hey how about we at least get a consensus of where we're going with this thing Okay. this thing being the direction of the human society having 150 people basically influence the course of human events really does not sit with a lot of people well. No, no, it's... Wait, side tangent, uh, why don't celebrities do this? Do celebrities do this? No, this is really... should. This is reserved for sort of, like, thinkers and and, uh, tastemakers and also just sort of just influential uh, politicians. But, parallel, we are the world. (laughs) The we are the world group of musicians were arguably the most important entertainers at the time, right? Yes. They got together... To direct publicly 
the world's attention, or as many people who had radios and TVs, towards a unified cause that I think was Africa was starving? I don't remember what we are, the <laughs> world was about. That sounds about right. I think it was something like that. I mean, that's easier for you to visualize for yeah. me because I'm dumb. <laughs> it's basically that, but replace it with like Timothy Geithner and Zuckerberg, <laughs> and King whatever, Juan yeah. Carlos the First of Spain, and Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, or my favorite one, Herman von Rompuy. Who is that? It's basically all of the one percent of the one percenters getting together and saying, "Hey, we got a lot of power." I feel like that should be illegal. I, I, I don't know why. I just feel like that should be a thing. Like, but there's nothing preventing them from no. Just getting they're just together. hanging out. They should just have like. They they have a fun time and probably with some beach balls. And- yeah. So some on the left accused the Bilderberg Group of conspiring to impose capitalist domination, which is probably true, mm-hmm. while on some of the right have accused the group of conspiring to impose a world government and a planned economy, which is sort of like, you know, these people are the slave race, these people are the workers. Uh, <laughs> you know, the caste system yeah. of structured, organized classifications of all human beings. So some nasty business that has kind of fueled conspiracy there's minds. Uh, Bilderberg's founder, Prince Bernard, is rumored to have once belonged to the Nazi regime. Okay. Basically, the Nazis won, and we had no idea. Hydra. (laughs) It's Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hitler transferred consciousness. Oh. Yeah, right? And then he was like, this is the way I do it. I will live forever. This is how we We do it. it. Okay, stop it. Other Bilderberg members with alleged links to the fascist group include the U.S. banker David Rockefeller, uh, who's rumored to have funded the Nazi regenets program. Mm -hmm. If you remember, he was also a member of Bohemian Grove. These guys, these guys. Nazis, you guys are killing it. Some of the people who believe that include such uh, hometown heroes as Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh. What? As he wrote in his uh, crazy manifesto. Wait, he believed he was striking back against he the Bilderberg He believed Bilderberg the Bilderbergs uh, would be hurt by the Oklahoma City bombing. But were they? And Osama Bin Laden. Conspiracy theorists not exactly associating with the best of when, company. But here's the thing, though, like... Well, it ruined it, it for the rest it, of us. It ruins it for the rest of us. You're asking, is it true? What's the truth behind it? Mm-hmm. And the answer is... In 2001, Dennis Healy, a Bilderberg Group founder mm-hmm. and for 30 years a steering committee member, said, quote, To say we are striving for a one-world government is exaggerated but not wholly unfair. Those of us in Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and Holy killing people shit. and Holy killing people shit. and rendering millions homeless. So we felt that a single community or a new world order oh my God. throughout the world would be a good thing. What? That's like, that does sound cool. The problem is, here's, all right, I'm going to compare it to, uh, take it down a notch, compare it to the great plot of Beast Machines. <laughs> okay. All right, listen, dumb kids cartoon about Transformers that most people didn't even like. Megatron dealt with some heavy stuff. The main idea of Beast Machines is that Megatron takes over Cybertron, not because he wants absolute power, because he genuinely believes in his own psychotic mind that the only way to stop the war between the Decepticons and the Autobots is for a unified people. So essentially it's a, like, if I just control everyone, it's, it's been done in other places besides Beast Machine. Yeah, I think that you're also describing the ultimate Marvel Universe version of Mr. Fantastic. Peace is is perceived by removing opposition. Like, that's kind of that like yes. scary idea. So the Bilderberg Group sounds like it has noble intentions, but then the part you don't get to hear, or they don't reflect on, is like, oh yeah, but we'd be the ones running it. Like, yeah, we'd... and also, what if they're wrong? No one to stop them. Yeah, yeah, there's no dissenting voice at all, which is exactly. terrifying. So Bilderbergs, real secret world order, <laughs> controlling your thoughts all up in your bases. All up in your bases. 
This is by far the granddaddy of them all. I think I know where you're going to go. At least I assume This is go. the OG original gangsta secret society. Wu-Tang Clan? Wu-Tang Clan. That is the Freemasons. Okay, okay. I I actually thought you were going to go Skull and Bones. I have things to say about Skull and Bones. I have things to say about Skull and Bones, too. But go ahead. All right. The Freemasons. So, Freemasonry, if you talk to anybody, especially, like, grandpas, mm-hmm. they are either terrified of Freemasons or they are Freemasons. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between. And also, people who are Freemasons, the people who are like, I'll just show you my Freemason card. Sure, it's just a membership thing. They'll refer to it as casually as, like, I'm part of 4 H or I'm part of, like, the Burger King yeah. Kids Club. And then when you go, like, oh, so what happens when you're, like, level 30? He's like, I can't talk to you about that. What? what? Like, it's yeah. this weird, blatant, I don't care about telling people love if I'm in the Freemasons, but also I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah, so it, a lot of people know about the Freemasons and that it's a secret society. There's all these weird rules, like if you go anywhere in the world, a Freemason has to help you out if you're mm-hmm. a Freemason, stuff like that. And a lot of people know that almost all of the founding fathers, like Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, Paul Revere, were all Freemasons. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of really notable people were Freemasons. Mm-hmm. There's Benjamin Franklin, like I said, George Washington, Isaac Newton, Mozart, Mark Twain, again, Bohemian Grove and Freemason. Mm-hmm. He's really Win- he's really doubling down on yeah. the secret society. Winston Churchill, the founder of Turkey, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, J. Edgar Hoover, who was a master mason by age 25. Wait, I gotta ask a question. Uh, are you allowed to be in multiple secret societies? Do you think that's uh, inappropriate? Do you think the secret society is like, hey, notice that you've been going to uh, Bohemian Grove a lot, and also you've been missing out on the Freemason meetings. Like, we just really want you to, you know, really commit to this I, one. I think it's like subreddits. Yeah? You, <laughs> you think you can just go to different can, ones? You can subscribe to as many as you want. And there's a few of the diehard guys who only, like, go to one certain group, like, fucking assholes on five. <laughs> pick a side. Pick a yeah. I, I wonder if there's rivalries. Uh, so, TP, TP the Bohemian Grove? Yeah. There's Earl Warren, Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, Jesse Jackson, John Elway, Nat King Cole. I'm sorry, John Elway? John Elway, Benedict Arnold, Bud Abbott, Hey Abbott, Cha- Shaquille O'Neal, all Shaquille seven... O'Neal! All seven Ringling Brothers. Wait, does that mean like when they're in the Lakers locker room when Shaquille was in the Lakers, like he and Kobe would be talking and then Shaquille would just be like polishing his like Freemason ring? Freemason and, and And Kobe is like... Hey, man, tell me about them Freemasons. That's, I, don't, I don't know what Kobe O'Brien talks like because he <laughs> doesn't ever talk. And then Shaq like, I can't tell you about that. Can't tell you about that, Kobe. <laughs> can't tell you about that. If you want. <laughs> also, Oscar Wilde, Duke Ellington, Scottie Pippen, a lot of NBA wait, players. Wait, was Michael Jordan not in it, though? No. but Michael, Holy shit. No, but Michael Richards was. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no. What if Michael Jordan is like the main fighter against the Freemasons. Like every time he didn't pass <laughs> Scotty the ball, it was like, I'm taking it to the Freemasons. <laughs> All paranoid conspiratorial raving aside, 14 American presidents uh, were Freemasons. That's like over a quarter of them. Is there a strong uh, left or right political affiliation like the Bohemian no, Club? No, it's across the board. Or Grove. And 33% of the signers of the Constitution were Freemasons. Again, I want to give them the slight benefit of a doubt. Here's the justification of early secret societies. Yeah. Not saying the Freemasons necessarily were, but that's always the best explanation of why our founding fathers were. They had to basically meet in secret, right? Like, yes. the early days of it, it wasn't like, it hey, hear ye, hear ye, we're all going to hang out in the in the town hall and talk about how much the Britons suck, and the Britons like, what? What are you guys talking about? Nothing. Should, nothing. Should, should we hang you? Should we hang it? No, no we're, sorry, we're just having a shuffleboard meeting. Everyone, shuffleboard club. And the <laughs> shuffleboard club becomes the name of a secret society. Like, I get that the initial people would have a reason to have a secret society. But Scotty Pip 
Pippen? What does Scotty Pippen got to know? I don't know. Scotty Pippen, we need your insight into the triangle offense created by Phil Jackson. How can we use this to control the world? Anyway, so it's a good deep. It's a good deep Chicago Bulls so, '90s cut. I hope we get some props <laughs> for that. Uh, Freemasonry, the Wikipedia part, page for it is like 20 pages long. <laughs> so and I, I didn't read it, and I kid you not. 19 and a half of those pages are just talking about how it's structured. I, I always I feel like that's the Freemasons main that's defense. That's all it is. It's boredom. Like it's I think Freemasons operate that there is crazy shit happening, but they hide it under uh uh boredom that you won't follow through. Like anytime you've ever tried to listen to even like someone going, "I'm in the Freemasons. I'm level 15. I'll tell you all about it." They then drone on forever and so your brain starts to shut down. Yeah, and like, I know that like by minute 10, he's like, "Yeah, so then uh, you know, we have weekly meetings and then bi-weekly meetings. By the way, uh, all lizard people are, are real. Uh, but anyway, like, and you're like, wait, what? Like, no, never mind. Like, they just slip that yeah, little part like, in. It's like the candidate is progressively taught the meanings of the lodge symbols and entrusted with crypt <laughs> signs and words to signify to other masons that he has been initiated. The initiates are part allegory and part lecture and revolve around the construction of the Temple of Solomon. <laughs> Stop, I'm, I don't. I, I already lost. I I zoned out. I'm on. I am hosting this show and I zoned out. And this is the other thing that's kind of infuriating about him is the symbols like the Freemason symbols that are everywhere I mean it's also yeah. just Illuminati symbols everywhere they're so boring they're very boring they're so boring they must know something they're, they're so boring and they're pretending just to hide everything just so they can seem cool like uh, when you go to like a bad vacation spot and you tell your friends that vacation was amazing because you want to seem like you yeah. waste all your money and time that's like Freemason no oh god mean. Cincinnati was was a blast they have a zoo and they oh uh, man the food the, the, oh the food so so good that's what that's what Freemasonry is except you have to spend like time hanging out there uh, yeah I, I just wonder with like the Freemason symbols because you'll just be like, watching a movie and then uh, it's weirdly weird in this uh, Michael Bay film there's like Ten Freemason symbols is inserted into there. Like, what does that mean? And you first think, oh my god, that's some sort of secret message. Uh, they're trying to tell us something about Megan Fox, and and she's gonna die. And like, I think it might just be a special effects guy is bored. a Freemason, either either Freemason bored or just bored. Like, I'll freak some people out, but it drives it drives me insane. Yeah. So I, I actually found the rules for joining Freemasonry. Okay. And they're equally it's just pretty easy bizarre. to do, though, right? Yeah. yeah. It, the, I mean, I, I've act, I actually looked into becoming a I thought so as well point. about doing it, yeah. Yeah. And first of all, you have to find a sponsor. You have to find someone in Freemasonry to let you into the club. Mm-hmm. But then their, basi- their te- basic tenets for joining are, if you want to join, you have to have a belief in a supreme being. And scripture is a condition of membership. Yeah, it feels like it's also Christian but not Christian. Except, historically, Christians hated the Freemasons because they thought uh, that they were deists, which very well could be the case since most of our founding fathers were deists no, and not sure, sure. proper Christians. Yeah. Uh, initiates should take their vows on that scripture, whatever they believe in. Uh, <laughs> on so you could, but you could join and go, I believe in Dorito chips. That's as long as there's a supreme Dorito chip. I believe there is a supreme Dorito that exists over all of us, and I, I eat Doritos in reference to the I, Supreme I Dorito. I believe in the Taco Bell, Taco Supreme. I believe in the Taco Supreme. Crunchwrap Supreme is the ultimate god. I believe in the tr- Holy Trinity of yes. Taco Bell. And By I- these rules, you could swear in on a Taco Bell wrapper. <laughs> uh, only men can be admitted. Oh, yeah, that's right. And no relationship exists with mixed lodges. I don't know what that means. It's kind of weird. Uh, I, I can't imagine it's a racial thing, right? 
I hope not. Well, wait, why would Scottie Pippen... Uh, no, you're right. It can't be, because Scottie Pippen's a member. But maybe it's just purely like... Maybe it's like terrorist cells. Like, you can't interact with other Freemason lodges. Oh, wow. Like, he, yeah. Like, in case there's, like, a crack in the, the foundation, we need to keep things, like, isolated and stuff. Actually, you're right. I think that there's... I read on the Wikipedia that Freemason lodges don't interact with each other, and they actually don't officially recognize each other. So it's like an international brotherhood, but also they're like, fuck you. That means you could also... That means you could also just... You could just make one up. Like, you and I could pretend we're already part of a Freemason yeah. Lodge. Get a few more people to join us. Just make the whole thing up. And then, like, ten years later, after we've had these people commit their lives to it, be like, oh, yeah, by the way, none of the Freemasons know about like know about us at all. Like, we're, we're just... We're a splinter lodge. We just made it up. I don't know. Like, we're just making it up as we go. Sorry, you're not part of any cool society. There is no discussion of politics or religion. And so finally... talk about? I don't know. Sports? Oh, yeah. The Bulls... Bulls looking great. Let's go bowling. Go bowling. Uh, and then, <laughs> finally, ancient landmarks, customs, and usages are observed. The closest I could find to any meaning of that is actually a description of the initiation. The initiation into the Freemasons is probably, by all accounts, the weirdest I've seen. But it's seen. the same across all Freemasons. Yes. Okay. This is from a, a true account, a verified account, approximately around the time that like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, all of those guys were went through this exact initiation. Fucking Mozart and Isaac Newton went through this. <laughs> they shared... They, uh, can I guess? Um, there's a, a vague... Uh, a foreign black hole in a wall, and you have to go <laughs> and they had to and tap their foot, tap your foot, and then put your dick in the hole. No, it's not like it's not like a glory hole. It's like you. Get, it's like the the thing from Dune. We got to trust it and put your dick in there. <laughs> the gob jabar. And then you just you got to hold it there for like an hour, and then if nothing happens to it, you get to stay apart. <laughs> okay, so here's here. Just just listen to this. Okay, this is insane. Okay, <clears throat> they instruct new members to wear aprons. <laughs> Okay, I'm already laughing. Then they hit them on the head with a bag of <laughs> with a bag of hair. <laughs> no, that's not true. It is. Force them to play dead while other members pretend to conduct a murder. What? A hasty burial. A es- who? Escape. A trial. A conviction. An execution. No. And then a proper burial no. on behalf of the foe dead. Wait, wait, wait. So like you as the initiate are murdered? Uh, you you fake kill. Like a member. That sounds fun. After hitting them with a bag of hair, and then like, so then you are having to like you're just put lie on, there quietly as you're murdered, and then you and happens? then you are put on trial for this fake death. Oh, so you're not the one that's killed. You are like, it sounds like you're supposed to be the person who's murdered. Oh no, you're right. The initiate is murdered. Murdered. So then you just watch a fun drama play. Yeah. Do you think there's like a, a a Freemason guy and everyone like takes on different roles from Law and Order? Like, I think that's, so. Like I'm Ice T Freemason. I think. Wait. Tell me about more about these street crime that's going on, and then just like I am Detective Belzer Freemason. <laughs> they like, that's literally what, the, what happened, and all of the founding fathers did that. At least if they became <laughs> ma- master masons. That sounds legitimately fun, though, right? A little bit like I kind of want to do that, just like an act of fun, uh, impromptu trial. They start jostling the guy around after after he's initiated, saying, "Give me your secrets." What? Yeah. And he has to like withstand up to the. Oh, it's like it's like a test. Is like like a bolt, like. Secrets. Are you gonna succumb to peer pressure? Why would that ever work? I don't know. But here's the exact line that okay. is said to a Freemason. This is top secret, guys. Okay. This is the exact line that a Freemason is told as he's shoved about by the existing members. <clears throat> Ruffian, this 
shaking candidate, does not satisfy me. <laughs> talk, talk not to me of time or place, but give me the secrets of a masturbation, or I shall take your life. Of a masturbation or a master Master Mason. And so then you tell him something? or And, and then he proceeds to kill you fakely. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's how you That's get become great. a Freemason. I want to do that, though. It's like mock trial. So if you don't have to do anything, you just get to lay there and watch a fun show. Nobody really knows why the Freemasons suddenly were no longer guilds for actual stonemasons and then became like the weird He-Man clubs they are today. They're just men's clubs. Yeah, now. I think, honestly, uh, you know, maybe it's just to throw us off their trail, but the uh, Flintstones, the best part of Flintstones, Cover this pretty well. The water buffaloes. The water buffaloes. A lot of the reasoning for why Freemasons became so hated. You know, a lot of people just didn't like that they that there was this big secret club. I don't like it. That they could potentially be influencing voting blocks or worshiping things other than the Pope. You know, that the same reason all secret societies are hated. But but more in like the 20th century. A lot of it is tied back to a specific hoax in the 1890s that was perpetrated by a Frenchman named Leo Taxil, which was intended not only to mock Freemasonry, but also the Roman Catholic Church's opposition to it. Hmm. He basically wrote a book that was a uh, supposedly a tell-all of the history of Freemasonry, and it contained fictitious eyewitness verifications of, of their participation in Satanism, called The Devil in the 19th Century. The, the books contain many implausible tales about her encounters with incarnate demons, one of whom was supposed to have written prophecies on, the, on her back with its tail, and another one who played the piano Holy in the shape what? of a crocodile. Wait, that escalated very quickly. I know. <laughs> that suddenly I was like, oh, just a group of people hanging out. Then suddenly monkey riding with horn tail. And also a uh, one who played a piano in the shape of a crocodile. <laughs> would that, so would the teeth be the keys? So what was really funny about this is that this took off, right? And suddenly everyone is talking about these as if they are real encounters that happened in Freemasonry. Okay, so just spiraled out of control as the inside story of the Freemasons. Yeah, like, oh shit, there's demons. On April 19th, 1897, after like five years of unrivaled fame because of these exposés, he called a press conference in which he would introduce Diana Vaughn, his star witness, to the press. He instead announced that his revelations about the Freemasons were all fictitious, and he thanked the clergy for their assistance giving publicity to his wild claims. <laughs> so it was basically just like, I ah, gotcha. You. Thank you for acknowledging me. Uh, I am a crazy person. So that is the Freemasons. It's just, it's <laughs> if just, someone listens who's in the Freemasons, please, we would love to talk to you. That would, if you just want to make it up and say you're part of the Freemasons, we'll totally probably believe you. Why don't we wrap it up with Skull and Bones? The Skull and Bones is by far... I hate them. I hate Skull and Bones. The Skull and Bones is by... It's... I hate this one, too. It's... it's I think because it's, it's kind of the most publicly known... It's the worst. It absolutely is. Yeah. It, let me just say, go on the record, Skull and Bones is not even a secret society. It's a frat house. Yeah, it's, let's get it's, that straight. It's it's Beta Lambda Tau said, "What if we weren't called Beta Lambda Tau? What if we just like called ourselves the the, the Rippers, like, or yeah. whatever?" And then we just started doing super stupid stuff to each other. And then some of us got very famous or very powerful. And then they made a shitty movie about it. And then, oh yeah, what? what yeah, it was what about a murder that happens on Yale campus, and then and they, the Skull they, Bones did it or something. Cover it up. I feel like one of the guys from Dawson's Creek is in it. That's all I know about d- it. Let's just get the facts on the table. Okay, yeah. The Skull of Bones is an undergraduate senior quote unquote secret society at Yale University Fucking in Yale. New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> 
It's the oldest senior class landed society at Yale. Society is known informally as Bones, and the members are known as buns, Bonesmen. I like, I like them to be called Bunsmen. Bunsmen. Yeah. So they're not even like fun with their names. It's just like Bones. So you're skeletons? Like you should call yourself skeletons then. If you're Bonesmen, just call yourself fucking skeletons. Yeah. Goddamn hacks. So in case there was any question over whether or not this was just a stupid ass frat. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just like how this became a shit talk skeleton. It is. It should no, be it shit talk. Because it's like. When it was first founded in 1832, it was founded because of a dispute between Yale, different societies, over who should get the Phi Beta Kappa awards. And then it was co-founded so that they could have their own Phi Beta Kappa honor awards. So it is the equivalent of, like, when I was in high school, uh, I was on the newspapers, and we had the uh, most likely to blank awards or whatever. And then that was whatever the entire school voted on. And then a group of yearbook kids were like, we don't like that we didn't win these awards, so we're going to make our own separate awards. That's the equivalent of what Skull and Bones did, and yeah. that was terrible when they did it in our high school. Yeah, so a lot of hay has been made that a lot of, like, the world leaders who graduated from Yale at some point or other, like George W. Bush and John Kerry, who coincidentally ran against each other, they both were in Skull and Bones. And what a surprise that people who go to one of the top Ivy League schools in the nation that has one of the strongest networking sets in the nation has all happen to become, like, Politicians and important yeah, people. Like, it's, it's what not a surprise! A what a surprise! But people, people make so much hay out of it because yeah. they're like, "Oh, it's a secret." They, they're trained. They're indoctrinated from a young. It's like you know what? They're indoctrinated from birth because they're fucking rich. It's just a good name for it. It's a nice, like classification tag on already well-to-do people. Yeah. So uh, there are a couple interesting things about the Skull and Bones mm-hmm. that that it would just be cool if it was a frat, but not like this well, society. Well, depending on what you say, I wouldn't even use the word cool. But okay. what, what do you got? So members are assigned nicknames that are passed on generation to generation. Yeah, I was like that in uh, stories and stuff when like yeah. Lancelot becomes another Lancelot or, or whatever. Yeah, so there's yeah. Long Devil is always the tallest member and Boaz is the varsity football captain. Bo- or Bo- Boaz? Boaz. What does that or, even mean? Or Sheriff is the prince of the future. Bo- uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? I don't know. What is prince of the... I do want to know what prince <laughs> of the future is. There's no explanation. Okay. Uh, so many of the names are chosen from literature, like Hamlet or Uncle Remus. Super racist. What? For instance, the banker Louis La- Laffam, one of the preeminent bankers of our time, is was nicknamed Sancho Panza. <laughs> uh, Henry Luce was Bale. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm George H.W. W. Bush has the best one. Magog. Magog. One of the Jewish demigods. Do you think George H.W. Bush didn't like that one? Is like I don't. I don't know. He. I don't feel like I'm a I feel like I should be Odin. Well, George W. Bush did write in his autobiography uh, that, quote, in my senior year, I joined Skull and Bones, a secret society. So secret, I can't say anything more. (laughs) That's pretty good. And then John Kerry said, when he was asked about... Told everything. (laughs) No, John Kerry, when he was asked about being a Bones, when he was like, well, uh, I can't tell you much because it's secret. That's not John Kerry's uh, accent, but since no one's heard John Kerry talk in five years, no one's going to call you on it but me. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, it's John John Kerry! (laughs) That's not the right So, there was a group of journalists uh, that actually secretly filmed and recorded the Skull and Bones initiation of new members. They must have been like a college journalist or something. Yeah, and what they found out was so laughably juvenile, they spent their evening quivering in silent laughter uh, because apparently there were two sessions of covert recording, one in 2000 and another in 2001, and the one in 2000 was just audio 
and it just left the journalist embarrassed for them after he heard it because the new initiates were ordered to fetch bones and yell ooga booga that That's, was that it was, that was it okay they had to get bones out of a graveyard and go ooga booga and then in 2001 when they actually videotaped the ceremony they witnessed a guy wearing a george bush mask <laughs> affect- so like a- acknowledging their famous their famous lineage. lineage affecting a texas drawl and yelling i'm gonna rain you like i reamed al gore and oh, lick God. my bum hole neophyte regardless of your political affiliations that is not it's bad that is not good it was at this point that the last probably turned to horrified gasps as they realized that one of these masked faces could be a president. Someday. Okay, all right. Yeah, see, the one I always heard about the Skull Bones initiation, urban myth that in Skull Bones, their initiation involves, uh, initiates lying down in a glass coffin, <laughs> and then uh, all of the members jerk onto you. Uh, you ever heard that? That's like the I did hear about most common things like you just have to like see all the other dudes just like, ah, oh, welcome to Skull and Bones. Ah, it's a frat. And this is just a frat. It's every, just a frat. Every uh every frat sorority initiation I've ever been able to hear how it goes is the dumbest thing. If you're in a frat sorority and you can't tell us what your thing is, maybe you have something cool. Maybe you came up with a fun initiation thing. Skull and Bones is also known for a thing called crooking where what? they basically just steal things. And <laughs> so, so they just do, they just so they just do terrible things. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be fabulous if we rich people pretended to steal because we need to. So they like, go into a 7-Eleven and steal candy bars and go, Skull and Bones! And then they just like, run outside. <laughs> But some of the more famous things they supposedly still have mm-hmm. are the skull of Pancho Villa, hence uh, sure. someone being nicknamed Pancho Villa, mm-hmm. uh, and also the skull of Martin Van Buren and the skull of Geronimo. Here's what I like to think happened is they stole that first skull of Pancho Villa, right? Like, that's like, like Well, they already had it. Like they just found it, and there's like a thing no one wanted, <laughs> and then they, I guess we should name one of our guys after Pancho Villa. So they yeah. made it have a significance to them. Oh, we have an opportunity to steal Pancho Villa's skull. Now we have to <laughs> make that part of our thing. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about it. I'm not going to cover them because they're it's a just frat. go watch the Skull and Bones movie. The best one is probably that one guy named Alexandra Robbins believes the Skull and Bones itself controls the CIA. What? Like, not the CIA farms from Skull and Bones, but the Skull and Bones no. Society, this frat of fucking undergraduates, controls the CIA. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's also the most frustrating is I, in some ways, like the idea that a secret society is a bunch of, like, elderly people who might be stuck in their ways, but at least they've had years and years of experience to control the world. The idea of Skull and Bones being these people who are like, I'm 20 and I really like Entourage and Call of Duty and I'm going to control what America does. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. You don't get to make those calls yet until you're at least 28. No, (laughs) until you have to pay taxes and you don't get a You have to pay a couple years of taxes and you had to have had your, your, your life aspirations fail and crash for a couple years at least before you get to start making decisions about everyone else's life. Uh, so before we wrap it up, I just want to do a real rapid fire, run and gun, sure. honorable mention, secret okay. societies, so we can say we. In case you're everything. bummed that your secret society yeah. that you're in wasn't mentioned. All right. So some of these are cool, some of these are dumb, but they're fun. First of all, is there's the Rosicrucians. That. Uh, that was a medieval society that uh, basically was based on a book that came out, you know, around medieval times, that suggested there was a secret society of people who had the masters of alchemy and other magical abilities, and they were sharing them with each other. That's cool. And and That's the coolest one. It's pretty awesome. There's not a lot that really came about from it, though. Because <laughs> they really didn't learn anything. Because, A, the society didn't actually exist. There was just everybody thought it existed. And they never actually revealed any secrets. Because all they did, <laughs> because they didn't have any secrets to reveal. So, so they're like, let's make a society and we'll start to acquire knowledge. And they never figured anything out. 
and then nothing to share is what you're saying. Yeah, all cool. all the all it was is like a bunch of mysterious like stuff left on walls like in Paris and like <laughs> books that were supposedly published that said we of the Rosy Cross have secrets. We Please have a tell secret. Us, but they do that thing like but first you tell us your secrets and then we'll tell you and then we'll our tell yours. Secrets. And they hear the secret and they run away. And they run away. And go, oh. <laughs> like, so there's a lot of ambiguous poetry about it. <laughs> but th- this one I pulled up says for what we do presage is not in gross for we are brethren of the Rosy Cross. We have the mason word and second sight. Things for to come we can foretell, all right. So basically they said they could predict the future with their magic potions or something. I wish they could have. But one cool thing that came out of that is that the the idea of this secret society of, of knowledge and people of learning coming together and sharing ideas. Oh, you're saying that they started the idea of they, it? They jump-started the scientific revolution. Hmm. Because a lot of 16th century Europe was promoted by this idea of secret societies and learning. And that's where we got Johann Kepler and Tycho Brahe and John Dee and members of the Royal Society and the Invisible College. It's and Tycho Brahe? I never knew that. Tycho, yeah. Why did you think it was Tycho? I thought it was Tycho because of Penny oh. Arcade. I mean, Penny Arcade, it's probably Tycho, but... <laughs> Some other honorable mentions. The Ordo Templis Orientis, or the Order of the Temples of the East... Uh, which was the self-styled great beast Alistair Crowley's personal secret society. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy lived around the turn of the century and was most famous for his creation of this thing called Thelema, where he was kind of like an early... Thumbelina? Thelema. Thelema. And it, the rule of it was, uh, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Basically, do whatever you want. Yeah, that doesn't teach me anything. No, it doesn't. It's yeah. it's sort of like existential. So, secret, so what you're pitching is a secret society where it's like, let things happen as they happen. We're cool with all of it. Yeah, like but a, he was also like obsessed with ancient Egypt, and so like a lot of his weird rituals that he made up in this private club were like Egyptian themed, involved priestesses and virgins. Uh, he was he became kind of like a, a an early new age figure. It didn't mean that he didn't have some bizarre practices. <laughs> okay. I mean, didn't mean he was. Uh, you're he wasn't. Trying weird. To, you're trying to, but you're trying to also like. It doesn't mean he wasn't. He was pretty cool though. You're trying to make him. He was pretty weird. Yeah. Chief among these is the group's fixation on the sexual, especially their teachings on the quote adoration of the phallus and the magic of masturbation. <laughs> okay, actually, I like that one a lot. There's also the Illuminati, which is another one of the big whammies, but actually the actual Illuminati doesn't exist anymore. It was all uh, it was. I'm sorry, was, it does exist anymore. Yeah, but it doesn't though. It is Black Bolt and Namor and uh, Stephen <laughs> okay. Strange and Tony Stark. Okay, no, in- let me get this. And uh, Captain America decided not to be part of it. And then T'Challa, the Black Panther, decided to be part of it. We regretted it later. And then Reed Richards and okay. uh, Professor Xavier, but he's dead, so Beast takes his place. And <sighs> um, but the actual Illuminati was just a movement of free thinkers who were an offshoot of the Enlightenment. Uh, they were founded on May 1st, 1776 in Upper Bavaria. They were just basically kind of uh, like a Freemason group that had no require to believe in a supreme being. Okay. And most of their members were humanists, which freaked out a lot of the religious right. And so internal panic over the succession of a new leader made them think that the that the Illuminati were going to overthrow their government and take it over with atheists or whatever. So they basically crushed them and they disappeared. Okay. And that's it. That was the end of the Illuminati, like 18th century, gone. Uh, but, man, the Illuminati is like... The, all right, here's just a side end. The Illuminati is the coolest... I- in some ways, the coolest idea of it. It's more fun to me of like a few incredibly powerful people doing all of it. You know, four or five versus thousands. One last one. Okay. Probably recognize this as soon as I say it. The Hashashashin. 
<laughs> or the Nizari were a mysterious band of Muslim assassins that operated in the Middle East during the 13th century. They were made up of Shia Muslims who broke off from a bigger sect so sure and banded together in order to establish a utopian Shiite state. Because the number was small, they used guerrilla tactics in their battles against enemies in espionage, sabotage, and most famously, political assassination. Aaron, this seems not fun and more serious. The Hashashashin would plant highly trained moles inside enemy strongholds with instruction to only attack when the time was right. Wow. They were known for their extreme discretion in minimizing civilian casualties, as well as their penchant for using stealth. As the story goes, enemy leaders would often wake in the morning to find a Hashashashin dagger (laughs) lying on their pillow. Cut one of the hahash, like cut one of them down. Uh, to save time in your life. You would find a dagger lying on your pillow with a note saying, "You are in our grip." <laughs> Whoa! So the legend grew. Supposedly, they performed jobs for people like King Richard of the Lionheart. Okay. Uh, from, isn't that guy from Robin King? Robin? Isn't that guy from Robin Hood? Yeah, he's the guy who went off to war. And yeah, had fought in the brother, Crusades or whatever it is. Right? His evil brother, King John, took over. The most controversial legend suggests that the term Hashashashin, <laughs> uh, as it believes to the Nizari, is believed to be the origin of the modern word for assassin. Oh! oh Assassin's okay. Creed. So that's Secret Societies. Yeah, Secret Societies. That's that's pretty good. Uh, if we missed anything, please let us know. Uh, or if there's a new Secret Society that you're hearing about, we'd like to get on board on the ground level. Yes. So, let uh, us in. Let us in. Uh, we'll talk about it. We could we could just make one. We could make one. Could make you want to make one right now? I think. I. All right. Um, that's the I think, or- Honestly, I think I think the shopkeepers. The order of the shop of keepers. Well, I think I I think I'm not just shutting down. I think we just go shopkeepers. Like the order of the shopkeepers, and our and our the order of the shopkeepers, and it sounds like just people who work you know normal business jobs and merchants and like oh that guy who works at a grocery store, he's a shopkeeper but no he's a shopkeeper he's a shop he keeps inventory not of produce or video games or things at Target but the but most of valuable product of lives. the mind oh also of the mind and lives I and guess lives as well inventory of <laughs> lives so welcome list listeners uh, or just message us if you want to join the shopkeepers I feel like we should just instantly we should just instantly induct all of you you no, should no, message no. us yeah if you want to if you want to join the shopkeepers uh, you should tweet at us uh, our scripted code from the beginning of the episode whatever we said it was we said it we, we had a message. We said at the very beginning of the episode. Oh, shit. Whatever it is, we'll obviously we'll listen to it and play it yes. back again. The howling eye stares, knocks. knocks and also stares down at you. Hashtag howling eye. Hashtag 420 <laughs> plays it. That find hashtag. It, find it, and you are instantly inducted into the uh, order of the shopkeepers. Yes, tweet at us with that hashtag at the beginning of <laughs> the episode. I only remember part of it was hashtag 420 plays it. <laughs> But then there's, there's the earlier part. Before. No, the, the cooler part. The cooler part, but also hashtag 420 it. Yes. Uh, and you will be instantly inducted into the order of the shopkeepers. Okay. Uh, you can tweet at us at Paranoia Shop. That's S-H-O-P-P-E. Or para- email us at paranoiashop at gmail.com if you just want to comment or question. Uh, you can also tweet at Chad and I directly. You can tweet at me at Good Aaron. And you can tweet at me at Quantum Theory, Q-U-A-N-D-T-U-M Theory. Also, uh, anything we reference and link, you can go to ParanoiaShop.com or ExplosiveMagical.com. They'll both take you to the uh, page links for these episodes, and you can uh, check out all the videos and uh, Bill Clinton telling off that guy. We'll put them all on the oh, page. Oh, it's so listing. good. It's pretty great. Uh, okay, to close us out, 
Uh, I have one last secret I society. See down. Secret I, messages. I see. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So you, maybe you've heard of a, a TV show called Gravity Falls. I, really fun cartoon on, it's on killing Disney it. it's Channel. It's killing it right now. Here's the thing. It's specifically about secret societies and sort of cryptozoology. A lot of the stuff that we talk about. If you on listen this show, to this podcast, honestly, I imagine there's a high overlap of people who listen to Gravity Falls and also dissect clues. And yeah, here's the thing though. There's apparently a few people who didn't get the joke, and they actually <laughs> watch. They actually watch Gravity Falls, thinking they've uncovered all of these secret clues that were oh, intentionally no. so left they, there. So they're just like flipping through channels, and they get to Disney Channel, and they're like, "What's this? Oh, what is this charming little cartoon? Wait, what's that Illuminati symbol about? Oh my god! Why does that? Why is that? Why is that Illuminati symbol? What is that totem about?" So I found a a, a blog that someone had written Yay. called, and here's the title of the blog. Yay! I'm so happy that you found this. <laughs> the title of the blog is "Help Me Find the False Flag Terrorist Attack Clues." <laughs> Hidden within Gravity Falls show. <laughs> and I quote, Earlier, I po- posted about how I was informed in a couple dreams that a clue to the upcoming false flag terrorist attacks would be found in an animated commercial or television show. Initially, it took me a long time to find it. This is because I mistook the occult symbolism within the dream for Russian writing. I have now what? successfully identified the television show. It is Gravity Falls. Oh my god, so this guy had a whole mystery of just... What is that show called? In my dreams that told me about a te- false flag terrorist attack. Oh, no. It is Gravity Falls, a television show on the Disney network. I remember seeing mushrooms and a bunch of trees within the dream. Sure enough, Gravity Falls is full of such imagery. Mushrooms? I don't know, man. No. While I haven't found anything related to up- the upcoming false flags, there's a lot of strange <laughs> stuff that perhaps others could use in their efforts in falling- finding the hidden false flag messages. Yay. This show is also loaded with Illuminati symbolism. Oh, no. Another clue I was given within the dream was the phrase it's getting bigger i think it must be a reference to the 11th episode called little dipper this episode features <laughs> dipper and mabel finding a magic crystal which allows them to shrink and grow objects and people that's not what little dipper i guess so it is an episode of the show yeah within the opening scene a backmasked message is heard which states three letters back this is a clue which will help us unscramble a series of hidden messages oh in the God. show again done on purpose yeah, if, you're fam- if you're not familiar with the show you really should check it out it's pretty great they do they hide like uh hidden coded messages and like individual frames they'll have like uh uh hidden symbols usually and they'll pull stuff from the Illuminati. so i had never thought about gravity falls unintentionally driving people insane people insane thinking this is not intentional and all oh my god so there's stan as a character on the show notice the similarity to the name satan <laughs> that's where they go with it and then he says here is a picture of a shriner with the fez and they just posts a picture of an old man wearing has a fez. fez yeah, yeah that's, on pur- that's on purpose and then it says the end of the second episode features the following message Quote, next week, return to Butt Island. I will, I will update this if I find anything else. I must know more about Butt Island. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, thank you for listening, Thanks, folks. Thanks, guys. We'll be back much sooner next time. And remember, join the order of the secret paranoia shoppers. Hashtag 420 Blazer. <laughs> Try again.
this has been an Explosimagico podcast production. For more information, please visit explosimagico.com. <laughs>